might not be aware that at um, 10 o'clock last night, is there right? 10 o'clock till 8 o'clock this morning, he was in hospital. Um, and you might sort of think, yeah, it, it was an injury. And you might think that it was through like rugby and things like that. Not at all. <laughs> it was done through volleyball <laughs> on a nice flat surface. No, I'm kidding. So it was, he's been in and he's only came out at 8 o'clock this morning. And so um, he's had no sleep at all. And he's going to come and speak to us. So it's going to be a, a real privilege. So um, he's going to do that. He's, he's not, he wasn't even supposed to come out this morning because he was waiting for tests. But they, um, he managed to get some crutches and sneak over here to do this, and then he can go back to the hospital. So um, it's a real privilege to, to have him here, and he's done really well. Let's give him a, a hand just for what he's going to do. Great. So, Fickle, if you can just hobble up here, let's pray. Um, Lord, thank you so much um, for this day, Lord, and we just remember mothers, and um, yeah, we just thank you for the blessing they are to us, Lord. And just all the comfort and the help and just the, the many years, Lord, of just being so good to us, Lord, and showing us love. Lord, just an attribute of who you are, Father, we thank you so much for that. And Lord, we just pray for Peter as he speaks to us now. Pray that our hearts will be opened, Lord, and you just bless him, Lord, um, especially for, for the extra mile that he's been going, or that he's gone to, Lord, to be here today. Lord, just bless him and bless us, Lord, as we open our hearts to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to say good morning, sorry, good morning, good morning to you all. Before I start my message for this morning, I'd like to give all thanks and all praises to God, for He is good for everything He has given me and getting me to the stage that I am at today. I'd like to thank the elders of the church for giving me another opportunity to be able to speak to you this morning. But this morning is not about me. It's about the mothers out there. So if you could please, mothers, may you please stand up so I know who I'm aiming for, who I'm aiming this message for. Mothers, please. It's a lot of mothers. May we give these mothers a round of applause. You may be seated. An officer once was asked in an exam, what would you do if you had to arrest your own mother? So the, so the officer thought about it, and then he answered it. He said, I'd call for backup. <laughs> so when I was given the privilege to be able to speak this morning, our brother Jeff, he came up to me and he said, I heard you're speaking for Mother's Day. And I said, yeah, I am. And he said, well, that's great. And I looked at him, I said, not really. And he goes, why do you say that? And I said, I've never been a mother, nor will I ever be a mother. And so he laughed, and I thought he was going to, I was expecting a bit of advice. So I was waiting for him to finish his laugh and give his advice. And when he finished, I was ready to jot down what he says. And he said, good luck. Good luck. I looked at him. Good luck. <laughs> but may God bless you, brother, and thank you for wishing me luck for today. My topic for this morning, it took me a while to come up with. And it didn't really hit me till after I prepared this. And then I thought, 
that's going to be my topic. My topic is a question. And the question goes like this. What makes a good mother? So I did a few surveys, a few interviews. I asked a young boy around uni. It was, about, it was a lecturer's son, actually. I asked him, I said, what makes a good mother? And he said, oh, that's easy. Baked potatoes. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, if the mother can cook baked potatoes, she's the best mother. My next client was a middle-aged girl. I asked her, what makes a good mother? She looked at me and she said, well, a good mother is a mother who does not look like a mother, but an older sister. That'll make her the best mother. And lastly, I asked an older man, I asked him, in your point of view, what makes a good mother? He said, a good mother is one where they are at home at the kitchen, there are four pieces of pie for five people, and the mother says, I don't like pie anyway. That's what makes a good mother. You see, we all have different views, different perspectives of what makes a good mother. And God has given us many illustrations of good mothers who are very unique in their own way. And a particular mother I would like us to look at this morning is found in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And it's the mother of Samuel, Hannah. So may you please turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1. First Samuel chapter 1. I'll be reading from verse 1 through to the, the whole chapter. So please excuse if some words I do not, do not pronounce properly. First Samuel chapter 1 verse 1. There was a certain man of Ramoth Sophim, of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Alkanah, the son of Jerohim, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuh, and Ephrath. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Benina. And Benina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phoenix, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Benina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion, because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to, irrit to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, 
If you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me, and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him back. Then I will give him, give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunken neither wine nor strong drink. But I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning, worshipped before the Lord. They went back to the house at Ramah, and Elkanah knew his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked him of the Lord. The man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow, but Hannah did not go up. For she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him, so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. Verse 24. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with a three-year-old bull and out of flour and a skin of milk. Oh, wine, sorry. And she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Amen. In my analysis of Hannah, I came up with five components that make a good mother. Firstly, I saw how it's not how a mother acts, rather it's how she reacts in the hard times. Secondly, the things as a mother you can control and the things as a mother you can't control. Thirdly, God first before anything else. Being content in heart first before the possessions. And lastly, remembering God before, during, and after problems. So the mother I have chosen for this morning is the wife of Elkanah, which is Hannah. She is known as the dedicated mother. So here we have a husband with two wives, one Benina, who he has children with, and one Hannah, who has no children. You see, in this era, in that time and place, if you're a woman and you could not bore children, 
that was the ultimate failure. For women were only there to produce sons for her husband, not for the family, for her husband, so that her husband's line may carry on. Men would divorce their wives if their wives could not have children. And it was seen as acceptable. If you could not give your husband wife, uh, give your husband a child and he divorced you, everyone would look at it as it's just normal, it's acceptable. He has a reason to because she's not functioning in her way. You see, one of God's blessing came in the form of children. And it tells us in Psalms 127, verse 3, says, children are a blessing and a gift from God. You see, neighbors, they would also talk. They would say, if only she stops sinning, she would receive her blessings. They'd say, she's too much of a sinner to have children. That's why she is like that. So you could imagine the things that Hannah going, is going through. And on top of that, she has her rival, on the other hand, Benina, who constantly provokes her year after year. When it came around to this time where they had to sacrifice, Benina would always be in her ear, provoking her. And this made Hannah weep, and she began to not eat. You see, Hannah, she was feeling, she felt worthless, she had low self-esteem. Factors like these, they influence suicide in our society. It is said that a longing of the heart denied causes much pain. So who was there to blame? Our human nature tells us we're always, we're always pointing the finger. There's always someone to blame. Like, it started right from the beginning, from Adam and Eve. As soon as God asked, who was it? Adam looked at it. It was the woman. Everything was all good until Eve came along. Gucci, gucci with the apple. It started from the beginning. We were always pointing the finger and blaming. And in this case, who was to blame? Was it Elkanah? Was it Hannah? The answer is, God, it was his fault. How do we know this? It tells us twice in verse 5 and verse 6 that God closed her womb. So God put her in this situation for a reason and a purpose. It wasn't anyone's fault. It was God's plan. And it was his, it was, yeah, it was God's plan. And he planned all of this. He didn't put her there because she was a big sinner. He didn't put her there because he didn't like her. He put her there for a reason, to come through that road. He doesn't bring us things, he doesn't bring us to places without bringing us through it. Though Hannah could not control her womb, her rival, or her neighbor, she could control one thing. And the thing she could control was her faith in God. Let me ask you now, are you in the same situation? Are you still trying to control things that are out of your control? Instead of taking out her anger and her frustrations out on God, what she did was she took out her anger and her frustrations to God. If your children are not who you wanted them to be, or they're not, they don't act the way you wanted them to act, or they may be dressing different, or they may be following a different kind of style, it is not up to you 
Because the more you mouth, the more distant they become. You can't control that no more. But the one thing you can control is God and your faith. So after all the provoking Hannah was receiving from Penina, Hannah wept and she would not eat. Then the Bible says she rose and went to the Lord's temple. What I like about this is the first thing she does, she gets up and she goes to the Lord's temple. She doesn't go to her rival, go and say, why, why are you talking about me? Why are you doing this to me? She doesn't go to her neighbours. She doesn't go and dispute with her husband. The first thing she does is when she rises, she went to the Lord's temple. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 tells us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Her first reaction was to go to the Lord with her pain. Many times we seek ourselves first and our emotions, which at the end of the day just adds more onto our load. So Hannah went there, and sitting at the door post was Eli. She was deeply distressed, prayed to the Lord, and wept bitterly. She vowed a vow and said, O oh Lord, if you indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me, not to forget your servant, but give your servant a son, then I'll give him back to you. Her lips moved. She was crying. Her lips moved. No sound came out because she was speaking from the heart. You see, Eli, he read, he saw this lady and he, and he, and he read her lips and he took her to be a drunken woman. So then Eli confronts her and says, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. Hannah replies, I'm a woman troubled in the spirit. I haven't drunk no wine. I'm not drunk. I've been pouring out my heart to God. You see, Eli's problem was he read lips, but he didn't perceive hearts. And Hannah, this childless woman, she developed a more intimate relationship with God and the priest of Israel. Verse 17 is the answer all of us believers would like to hear physically. Eli said to her, Go in peace, and the Lord and the God of Israel grant your petition. Wouldn't we all like something like that? Where we could just say a prayer to someone, they say, Go in peace, the Lord is going to answer it. Then it says the woman went her way and ate, her face no longer sad. After Hannah's encounter with God, her attitude changed before her condition did. She started living a normal life before receiving a child. You see, contentment starts believing God and finding rest in Him. Contentment starts in the heart, not with possessions. The next is my favorite two verses I read in this whole chapter. And it said, in time she for a son. In time. What time? Whose time? In God's time, she bore a son and named him Samuel because she asked him of the Lord. The most amazing thing I like about Hannah is as soon as she got the son, she named it Samuel. I got it from the Lord. I asked him from the Lord. You see, before her problem, she went to the Lord. She rose and went to the Lord. During her problem, she was still with the Lord. And as soon as she got what she asked for, she thanked the Lord. You see, many times we are like Hannah. We weep bitterly. We, we cry out to the Lord, Lord, 
May you just see your servant. Remember me, Lord. May you give me this, just this one time. I'll give it back to you. And then as soon as we get it, we forget the one who gave it to us. Isn't that a a real encouragement for all the mothers? Not only for the mothers, but for the rest of us. That we must remember God before, during, and after our problems. So the verse carries on. The time of year came around again where Elkanah and his household had to make the yearly sacrifices and pay their vows. But this time, Hannah didn't go. She told Elkanah, as soon as I have weaned him, I will bring him myself, so that he may become, so he may come in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah said, yes, whatever suits you. So as soon as Samuel was ready, Hannah took him. Along with him, he took a three-year-old bull, 22 litres of flour and a skin of wine. She was about to make the biggest sacrifice of her life. Mothers know how precious it is to have a child, especially a young child. And in her case, she only had one child. And for her to give that up so easily, you could just imagine what she was going, how big of a loss it would be for her. Verse 28. Hannah gives Samuel to the Lord as long as he's lent to the Lord and he is and he worshiped the Lord there. It doesn't say, this is the amazing thing I like about this verse. It doesn't say who worshiped the Lord. As soon as as Hannah gave Samuel to Eli, it says he worshiped the Lord. But who worshiped the Lord? Was it Samuel or was it Eli? I believe it was Eli. The reason being is Eli spoke to God, but when God spoke to Eli, Eli didn't hear him. I believe as Hannah explained herself, who she is and the situation it was, Eli came to realize, oh, I'm witnessing a childless mother who I have told the prayer to get what she wanted. You see, The thing amazing about this and the lesson I have learned from it is that mothers, you do not know how much of an encouragement you guys do to the rest of the family. You see, you you may not be able to stand up on Sunday mornings and preach, but the little things of your faith is totally seen to us. They say the fathers are the head of the family and our mothers are the heart of the family. Without the heart, the body cannot function. And one demonstration I would like to share is my mother. Every morning, she reads her Bible before she goes to work. Sometimes she's late to work because of that time with God is so precious. She doesn't do much talking. But I see it. 
every night is the same. I go in to see my mum, and she's doing the same thing. She's in the Bible. She doesn't say much to me, but I can see it. And if she was ever to leave this world, the one thing I'd remember is how dedicated she was to fight. To recap my message for this morning, I'll go over my five main points again. <clears throat> the five components that make a good mother. Firstly, it's not how you act as a mother. Rather, it's how you react in the hard times. Just as Hannah did. The stuff that is out of, out of your control and the stuff that's in your control, your faith will always be in your control. Never leave that. Thirdly, God first before all else. Just as Hannah did, as she rose, she went to the Lord's temple. That's the first thing she did. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? Is it check your phone to see your work or your business or your friends? Is it check your emails? Which do you seek first? Fourthly, faith and hope and content in your heart first. You must be content in your heart before you receive what you've asked for. Lastly, is remembering God before your problems, remembering God during your problems, and remembering God after your problems. And to answer my own question, what makes a good mother? To me, a good mother is one who controls you through this. One who teaches you through this. One who disciplines you through this. In all conditions, holds on to this. I like to say to all the mothers out there again, Happy Mother's Day. You have been a blessing to us. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Hannah, Lord, and the great faith that she had. Lord, you closed her womb, but she did not give up. She seeked you first. She remembered you during the problem, and after she remembered you. Lord, I ask me, make us all like Hannah. May, may make us all remember you, Lord, before, during, and after all problems. Lord, may you help the mothers and the fathers out there. Lord, the things they are in control of, their faith, something that will never be out of control, their faith, Lord. I ask that you strengthen that, Lord, that whatever was learned today, Lord, may they take it on board. May they be able to, to use it someday or to carry it on. Father, as we're about to leave, I just ask may be with each and every family here. For this special day, may you continue to be with them and bless them. I say all this, Father, in your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you.